time now for Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. Monday edition. We'll visit with Brad Thompson coming up on Scoops with Danny Mac. And my name is Dan McLaughlin. Again, we'll have Cardinal Baseball on Fox Sports Midwest. Brad Thompson will be my guest. We'll dive into what happened over the weekend with the St. Louis Cardinals, get into a little bit of the Blues talk, but also hear from you on the text line 65780 Always love hearing from you and get your feedback on what took place with Cardinals baseball or St. Louis Blues hockey. What a weekend it was for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Went in, as we talked on Friday night with the doubleheader on Saturday, and my thought was, I have no idea. I have no idea what could happen with the Cardinals. What do they do on Saturday? They sweep. They sweep the White Sox. I did not see that coming. Didn't see it at all. Matter of fact, I was shocked. But you had Adam Wainwright go five innings in game one. That was something. And as I mentioned in the crossover, that was uh, one of his better performances. With everything, the circumstances, 17-day layoff, Guys throwing long toss in his front lawn. Guys hadn't had competition, really no workouts. Had a couple here and there, individual workouts at Bush Stadium. That was it. Wow. Mike Schild after the game on Saturday. Uh, really, it's just about um, pleased for the group. You know, this group is, um, I've said all along, it's a special high-character group. You know, it gets demonstrated when things are challenging. Clearly, that's been the case. Um but really, my feelings are excitement and uh, good to see the guys back competing and getting rewarded for their for their many, many efforts and dedication to, the, to their craft. Seven young men made their Major League debut this weekend, all in one series. Cardinals, by the way, had eight Major League debuts all last year. Seven in one series. They did it in two days, three games. Last time, a team had seven or more players make their Major League debut in the same series was, by the way, 1952. That was the Boston Braves. They had eight players debut against the Brooklyn Dodgers April 15th through the 17th. So you saw a little history this weekend as well. I mean, that's incredible. It was Dylan Carlson, Jake Woodford, Max Schrock, John Nagowski, Roel Ramirez in a debut he'd like to forget with the four home runs that he gave up consecutively. Seth Elledge, Rob Kaminsky, Dylan Carlson, a double for his first ever major league hit. He played left field. He played right field. He played center. Jake Woodford, three innings, one hit, gave up a home run, struck out three in his first major league start. Max Schrock, a couple of singles, went two for three. John Nagowski went one for four. Seth Elledge loved what I saw with him. Two and a third, five strikeouts. Rob Kaminsky, he was throwing about 83 miles an hour. Inning pitched, struck out a man. I love seeing Major League debuts. I don't know about you guys, but that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity for guys for Mike Schild. Oh, no, there's no question. I mean, opportunities abound. And guys are going to get chances, and guys are going to get put into, uh, get opportunities that – Possibly they wouldn't have got, you know, with the with the different looking roster. Um, but that's great. We had four guys make their major league debut today. You know, Nagowski first big league hit. Ellie was good for two plus. And um, you know, Robbie came in through strikes. 
And, you know, look, Ramirez didn't have his best day. He got two outs and could have gotten out of that. And he did what we asked. You know, we asked these guys to be aggressive, throw strikes, let our defense work. And you know, they put some swings on him in the middle of their lineup. But, uh, you know, got the two outs and was, was close to being out of it. Two outs, two strikes. But, um, you know, your point, guys are getting opportunities. And and uh, they've worked hard for them. And we're going to see what they what they can do. 417, don't like Schilt bringing an unproven rookie in a one nothing game on Sunday. I get it, but you had used a bunch of guys the day before. As Mike said, he was one strike away from getting out of it. You also said you love Carlson. Who doesn't love seeing Dylan Carlson? Went two for ten in the series, had a double walk, a couple of strikeouts, a couple of balls he almost hit out of the ballpark, had a line out as well, and he was, you know, I, I just, I love the way he takes at bats. He's quiet in there. He's going to have a He's going to have a lot of success. This guy's going to have a lot of success. He's going to be consistent. He's going to be steady for Mike Schilt. Uh, consistency, and it's a it's a word that um, I hesitate to use early, Benjamin, but it's one thing that I do think Dylan's earned the right for that, and it goes back to even the spring training going into 2019. And, um, you know, just watching him, observing him, he's just a consistent, steady player. He's a good player. Clearly, he's got skill set. He takes a good at bad. He's consistent. Plays good defense. He's got court awareness on where to play guys. He's into into what's going on. He prepares the right way and just goes out and plays. Um, you know, Paul DeYoung asked me, gosh, I guess it was his first big league camp. You know, he's having a good experience and enjoying. And he said this to me, you know, what do you what do I need to do to, to get here and stay here? I said, it's got to be consistent, man. Your ability is your ability. Um, you know, and Dylan's clearly got ability, but just takes a good at bat. He's aware of what's going on, and he just lets his ability play. And, um, you know, that's a trait of a consistent winning player. Mike Schild from the weekend. Cardinal baseball coming up. Doubleheader today. Kim against Hendricks. Hendricks against the Cardinals, by the way, is 8-2 and and an ERA under 3. For whatever reason, he baffles the St. Louis Cardinals. And for Kim... We'll see him make a start. Remember, he was closing out a game when he made his Cardinal debut. He was the closer at that time, and now he's back in the rotation. And then it's a bullpen game for St. Louis and probably a bullpen game for the Cubs. We'll find out as Chatwood was supposed to go for Chicago, but he is hurt. And so we'll find out who makes the game to start. Do you know, Scotty? I hadn't heard. I haven't seen it either. Yeah. Maybe we'll know by the end of uh, the show, but we'll talk to Brad Thompson about that. Uh, coming up in a little bit. So, off to a little hockey. The Blues had to win. I mean, that was must win. You're down 0-2. Vancouver and the uh, Shen goal in OT. Blues win 3-2. It happened late. Craig Barubi, the difference for the Blues in game number three. We scored more than them. Yeah, you know, all three games, well, all three games have been tight. There's, There's really not a whole lot of difference between all three games. We ended up getting the winner tonight, you know? overtime again you know we played a solid game I, like I said all all three games I think we're playing pretty good hockey but you know you got to get breaks here and there and you know we, we scored more than them tonight I mean you know all around I think it was pretty good hockey game by our team and you know I like maybe you know we had the power play at the end there regulation and then in overtime I would like to see more out of that you going back with Jake Allen tonight I probably am. You know, people talk about back-to-backs. This isn't like a normal back-to-back. I mean, 
you finish the game, you go back to the hotel. Normally, back-to-back, you're traveling somewhere. This is back-to-back, you go to your hotel. I like what I saw out of Jake Allen. But, man, the special teams, power play, penalty kill, it's got to get better. Five-on-five, I love it. But penalty kill, power play, got to be better for the St. Louis Blues. 65780-65780. And want to hear from you. St. Louis Cardinals will visit with Brad Thompson coming up. This is 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Every Monday, a chance to visit with Brad Thompson as we talk a little Cardinals baseball. Well, Brad, let's jump right into it. Uh, Always good to visit with you, by the way. Um, Let's start with what you took away from the Wayno start. And I was saying earlier He's had some great moments in his Cardinal career, and I understand it's only five innings. But, man, when you think about the circumstances of 17 days off and what we're dealing with in all our lives and this team at one point quarantined in hotels and in their homes and him throwing long toss in his front yard, and they need innings because of all the innings coming up that they have to deal with. Man, was that an amazing start for the 38-year-old Adam Wainwright? That was unbelievable. Adam, it really was, Dan. Adam Wainwright never ceases to amaze me. And I've had an opportunity to you know, be teammates with him right when he broke into the big leagues and just still watching him now. He just always finds a way to get stuff done. And for him, there, there are no excuses. There's no, hey, uh, you know, let's ease back into this. He knows what all these games means, and he knows specifically what that game meant coming back after 17 days off. And to me, that that was one of those games, and we talked about it in the postgame show afterwards. Had Adam Wainwright gone out there and laid an egg in that game, if he only gave you one inning, if he was incredibly erratic, if he got beat around, and you had to go into the bullpen, that screws you up for this entire road trip. If you have to go to your pen, if you have to start manipulating your roster back and forth already after game one, what he did was set you up for success for the weekend and set you up for success coming into this series against the Cubs. So uh, I I was so proud of him. I was so just excited again to see Cardinal baseball. Dan, we did this hit two weeks in a row on Mondays without baseball, we finally got it back. And the Cardinals won a big series, man. There were so many great things to take away from. How cool is it to see all those debuts? I, I, I just, I love watching Major League debuts, whether it's a Cardinal, whether it's another player on another team. I just love seeing Major League debuts. But what did you think about seeing the seven Major League debuts for the St. Louis Cardinals? It was cool, man. Seriously, I mean, same thing for me. Every time I see one, I think about my debut. And I think about... Uh, when uh, and it was Erica Weston who had the Zoom conference or Zoom call with Jeff Carlson, Dylan's father, and him talking about the phone call that he got from Dylan. I remember that phone call that I made. I remember you know talking to my parents about that and, and breaking that news. It's exciting. You you play this game from a little kid playing t-ball all the way up, and you know everybody's career goes a different path. Maybe uh, baseball is not for you, and you try something else, and you're successful in another field. But the few that are fortunate enough to make it and play through high school and then play in college and then get drafted, it's hard, man. It's a hard road. So to see these dreams realized and a lot of different paths to it. Dylan Carlson, we all knew when he was drafted in the first round that he was going to be the, a guy, you know, and he was going to be a big league director at some point. We believe he'll be a cornerstone of the organization. That's not necessarily the case for every one of these guys that made these debuts. 
I was excited to see Kaminsky. What a, what a, a roundabout way for him to get to the big leagues. He was drafted by the Cardinals in the first round. He was traded to the Indians. He never really made it up, and he finally got a chance to. Just so many cool stories along the way for those guys and great experience. I really liked the at-bats that I saw to Dylan Carlson. Now, he's going to have to make adjustments as we go along. The league will figure him out. He'll figure them out. Vice versa, the cat-and-mouse game. He went two for ten. I thought he had some hard-hit balls, nothing to show for it. Went two for ten, as I mentioned, in the series. But overall, what do you think of Dylan Carlson? I agree. Professional at-bats. And one of those hard-hit balls, I think it was 108 miles an hour off the bat, a laser to left field that he hit. And uh, I agree with the cat and mouse. I agree with the league. They'll figure him out. He'll figure some things out. But just watching him, and Dan, you've had a close eye on him the last couple of years. You've seen him in spring training. You've seen him throughout the minor leagues. He doesn't have a what is a, a very visual hole in his swing. You don't no. look and say, ah, oh, I can get to Dylan right here. Like uh, O'Neal last year. Slider down the way. We got it. Harrison Bader, slider down the way. Uh, that, that's the thing. He doesn't have that. Either side of the plate, I mean, he protects really well. Even his first hit that Dylan Carlson had, I think it was on the eighth pitch of the at-bat, he fouled off a couple of nasty change-ups to end up getting to that pitch that he can hit. I love what I'm seeing. I love what I see in the approach. I love the fact that in three games, we got a chance to see Dylan Carlson in every outfield position. Started in uh, left, went to right, went to center field for the game yesterday. He can handle each one of those. And he is going to play. He's going to play a lot. And he's going to have some success. I, I love the approach that, that he takes out there. I love how he, he looks out in the field. And he, uh, he's going to get plenty of at-bats. And if he's doing what we expect him to do and, and what the organization has expected him to do, all of a sudden this lineup looks a heck of a lot better. A couple of guys that are right up your alley pitching. Um, I, I, I mean, could you get a better outing out of Seth Elledge with the two and a third and the five strikeouts? That stuff's going to play, isn't it? Yeah, it really will. And he did a, a nice job. Of, uh, he spotted up his heater really well. He's on mid-90s. He spotted up uh, on the outer half to righties, and he elevated really well, which played off of his curveball. I mean, uh, the, those two things paired really well. You look at baseball right now. It's four seams up in the zone. It's curveballs. Uh, well, he's got uh, every bit of that. He got, he got uh, strikeouts on both those pitches, uh, more of them on the fastball than the curveball. Uh, so I, I like what I saw to him, and I like the aggressiveness, too. Sometimes it was hard, specifically in that situation, coming in uh, after the opposition had a decent time, and I still feel I, I feel bad for uh, Roel Ramirez. That wasn't exactly the debut that I'm sure he dreamt of, but Elledge comes in after four straight home runs are hit, and he strikes out the first guy he sees, and then just starts, ro- starts rolling after that. So... I was impressed by that. I like all the arms that they're rolling out. Dan, you know this, if the Cardinals are going to do something this year, if they're going to be a playoff team and if they're going to make a push, with all that's happened to this point, they're going to need far more than a 28-man roster. They're going to need everybody. They're going to need almost every bit of that taxi squad, less a couple of guys that were drafted last year. Uh, They're going to use everybody. So guys are going to have to step up. And for Seth Elledge, that was one where maybe coming into it, they're thinking to themselves, okay, we'll just, you know, we'll get an inning out of him. We'll ship him out. And who knows? I mean, there's going to be roster moves here with the double headers. But I know this they're not going to be afraid to put him back in a ball game again. Or if, you know, if there's a roster move, bring him back. He, he turned head. I loved the fact that Mike Schilt gave uh, Woodford about a half hour to figure it out. Oh, by the way, you're starting. I think that's the right way to do it. Don't let him think about it. Just, hey, by the way, grab your glove, grab a ball, get loose. You're uh, you're the game two starter. That's the way to do it, isn't it? 
I think so too. Hey, I, I've had those nights where you know you're starting a game and the nerves get to you and you're thinking about it the whole time. He had the first game with Adam Wainwright pitching, thinking he might get in that ball game. Well, that kind of keeps you ready. You know, you're, you're, you're still uh, you're just going through the flow of it. And then to get that message after the game, get that, uh, that talk, say, hey, you got the ball, you go do your thing. Sometimes we can overthink things. Sometimes we, we go out there as athletes in general and just try to do too much. He didn't have a chance to do too much. He just went out there got warmed up and went against a very difficult lineup. I thought that Woodford did a good job as well, gave you three strong innings in that one. And uh, another guy that I know that the organization has been high on and another guy that can do multiple things for you. He can start a game like that, obviously. He can eat up innings in the middle of a game and give you multiples. Those guys have so much value right now. So I was excited to see him, and I agree with you. I think Schulte played that one played that one right. And I don't know if it's, it was all the mental game of it, of saying, hey, I'm just going to throw this on him. Or if it was, hey, let's see what Wayno does. If Wayno doesn't get us deep into the game, maybe we can piggyback with Jake Woodford. But it worked out pretty darn well. One of the things that we're seeing, Brad Thompson, my guest, is that Edmund is playing short. We're seeing a lot of uh, Kisner, obviously, over the weekend uh, behind home plate. So we're still waiting for DeYoung. We're still waiting for Yachty. You're going to probably have to ease those guys in. And and John Mosaloc said he's going to want to see those guys get a little time maybe at Springfield to get some <clears throat> live at-bats, live look at some pitching, those kind of things. How do you think you ease those guys in and make sure that you're you're handling that situation right? Um. Uh, well, you know Yachty as well as I know. Yachty. I don't know how much ease, how much easing in there's going to be. Hey, we're going to give Andrew a game, then we'll give you a game when Yachty's ready. Yachty's going to be in there, and honestly, I feel the same way about the young. Once those guys are ready, I agree with the sentiment of sending them to Springfield, get a couple of at bats. They're doing some loose workouts, but to get that, I, I think that's important for a couple of days, and maybe who knows? Maybe we'll see them when the Royals come to town early next week. But in the meantime. The versatility is a beautiful thing that Tommy Edmond has. He can bounce all over the place. He looks good. He looks solid at shortstop. And we know in the minor leagues he's played plenty of it, so you feel comfortable there. And for me, until Yachty does come back, show me all the Andrew Kisner you've got because the kid is impressive. He really is. We, we saw it with the bat early on. He had two hits uh, in, in his debut, an RBI single to right, hit a double to left. But then behind the plate, the catch and throw looks really good. It took him a minute yesterday to kind of get into uh, uh, remembering how much the ball sinks from Dakota Hudson. I'm sure he had to ice his thumb a little bit after that. But he did a, a great job of calling the game, of corralling the pitches. And he's just he's going to grow at that aspect of the game behind the plate, of calling it, of framing pitches, uh, of all the catch and throw, of, of thinking and slowing the game down. But I've been really impressed with Andrew Kisner as well. Again, small sample size, but how are you going to get better? Well, are you going to get better by playing, getting at-bats, and getting reps? And I like what I've seen out of him. What do you think the, the thing is with, with Hudson? He, he had first-inning problems last year. ERA was, I think, 5.28 in the first inning. And then after that, roughly about two and a half. Again yesterday, 24 pitches in the first inning. Then he was fine. He did that in the first game against Pittsburgh that he started uh, roughly three weeks ago on a Sunday afternoon. What is it, Brad, for a pitcher in a first inning, and how do you combat that to try to make sure that you can control that sinker that has such great movement? You had a great sinker, so how do you try to combat that as a starter in that first inning? 
you stop being too fine. You stop trying to be perfect in the first inning. And, and to me, that's something specifically the last couple of years that I've seen from Dakota Hudson. Instead of just trying to throw that sinker at the bottom of the zone, he's trying to throw that sinker at the bottom of the zone and hit a corner. Well, all of a sudden you do that, and it's ball one, it's ball two. Then you got to come to guys in the hitter's count. It's not going to help you at all. So to me, it's simplifying just the bottom of the strike zone. That was one of the things that Dave Duncan uh, just hammered home with me right when I got called up. We'd get out of a pitcher's meeting. And I'd kind of, kind of come out there, my head spinning with all the information that we got, and, and Dave would say, hey, you know all that stuff you just learned? Forget all that crap. Just throw your sinker down at the bottom of the zone. You're going to be fine. I think Dakota, Dakota has that type of, of sinker. His sinker is better than mine. His is 95 with life. If he just focuses down in the zone, I think he's going to have more success. I think, Dan, honestly, this works for me. I don't know if it will for, for him. Dakota works too slow. He works way too slow for me. He's got to get the ball and, and throw it. because He's kind of lowering people to sleep a little bit, and I don't think he ever gets a chance to get in a groove. If he could speed it up somehow, some way, man, I really think that would help. Were you shocked this weekend that the Cardinals came out and swept that doubleheader? I I don't mean it disrespectfully to this team, but I was. I mean, they hadn't played in 17 days. They're playing a very good White Sox team, at least in terms of their lineup. Now they haven't played expectations, but I I was shocked. How about you? I didn't mean to laugh when I said yes. Yes, Yes. of course I was shocked. No, No doubt about it. To put up four runs in the first inning after 17 days off, and yeah, Lucas Giolito helped out. I mean, watch the leadoff hitter, great at bat by Colton Wong, and something that Schilte and the other guys were singing the praises about. A couple of hit batters throughout that, but yeah, they put pressure on him. They took really good at bats, and something that really stood out to me over this weekend series was the lack of strikeouts overall as a team. I mean, I, I think that they were putting the ball in play. We're not seeing the 9-10 the, uh, strikeouts a game. So I, I was impressed. I was shocked that they swept the doubleheader. And it, it's you in a series against a talented team. You're right. The White Sox haven't played up to exactly where everybody expected them to be. But you win that series after 17 days off. That has got to give you some big-time wind in your sails heading into this series against the Cubs. And I'll wrap it up with this. Uh, with all the debuts, Wainwright's uh, performance, and taking two and three, what was your favorite part of just having baseball back? What was your favorite part of watching this weekend? Yeah, I mean, it was the competition in general, honestly, was number one. But if I had to pick out an individual performance for me that got me the most excited and just made me happy, it was watching Alex Reyes go back out there and strike out the side, going 100 miles an hour, three strikeouts all on heaters, and he finally looked free and easy again. Dan, I don't know what the future looks like for him. I don't know where they're going to project him. I don't know if they're going to try to just throw him back in as a starter next year and see what happens, or if he's going to be an integral part of the bullpen. But, God, Lee, looked good. I mean, that, that is the guy that you remember, the free and easy, still got the snapdragon breaking ball. That pumped me up a lot. Always great to visit with you on these Mondays. Thanks, Brad. No problem, Dan. Have a good one. That's Brad Thompson. We visit with him every Monday here on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Yeah, I mean, I think most guys in the room have a lot of playoff experience and we've been through a, through a few battles before and uh, there was nothing to worry at that point. Obviously, we, we wanted to keep the lead. 
Um, even when I scored there, I think I'm already focused on, on the next shift uh, right away. It was I think it was early in the shift where I don't know. I think we stay on the ice right after, so it didn't matter. Uh, it's going to happen in games, and uh, it's great to see the that we were resilient and we, we found a way to win. David Perron scored a goal last night. Blues finding a way to win and Braden Chen on his game-winning OT goal. Uh, just Schwartz, he came off. Uh, he was a little bit tired, so uh, I jumped on, uh, kind of on the back check. And the, the puck squeaked out to me. Uh, obviously, uh, lucky bounce, kind of popped right in the middle there. And I don't know, just Marks was playing well and just trying to give him a quick shot. He did. 8.30 pregame, and it's game number four tonight. Blues try to even the series at two games apiece. 8.30 pregame, 9.30, they'll drop the puck, and you can hear the game on 101 ESPN. 65780 on the text line. Hope you enjoyed the visit with uh, Brad Thompson. Danny Mack loves seeing the reaction of Carlson's parents. Yeah, if you missed it, we had a, a shot. It's on social media, too. Um really cool they had it looked like a party at his house out in california and they were watching the game on television and he gets the double and their whole place goes nuts and his dad was his high school coach and um i i don't know i i just get i don't know if emotional is the right word but i love seeing mom dad brother family friends former coaches whatever all the people that get there for the kid that get them there, that help them there along that way, that journey to get them to that point of being a major league player. So they were watching the game and they filmed it when he got, um, or were videoing it on a phone and then put it on social media um, and had the chance to see that that double that he picked up. That was really cool to see. Danny Mack loved the show when his uh, Yachty, DeYoung, the others coming back. That would be the first wave of guys that were hit by COVID-19 Hypothetically, I would assume this weekend in St. Louis. But as John Mosaloc, the president of baseball operations, has said, um, they're going to have to go through a battery of tests. So you've got the two negative tests that you have to have. The antibodies. you got to go through um, also the cardio, the heart test. And then they also want to have major league protocols. And then they want to have them at least see some type of live pitching and workouts at Springfield. That would be the idea. But as Brad mentioned with Yachty, he probably wants to come back right now. He is in great shape. So we'll see. We'll see if it's this weekend. It will not be in Chicago. Uh, Danny Mack, how are you guys calling the games? It sounds like you're there. Um, So we're in a studio. We're actually at KTC Channel 9. And I'm calling it off a monitor. And I do have various shots of basically what I say is I got to be on my toes. So what you see at home, I see. I also have a a wide shot of being able to see the shifts on a different screen. I have a shot of also the scoreboard, which I occasionally take a look at, which if I lose the count, I can try to take a look at the count or if they try to make a change on a scoring play so if it's an error or a hit i can try to take a look at that so i try to take a look if a runner is going got to keep a look at that monitor see where the outfield is shading pitch by pitch got to be on my toes see if there's somebody getting up in the bullpen there's another monitor for that um (laughs) not ideal do the best we can but who cares i'm not complaining 
hey, we got baseball. That's the bottom line. And people should be enjoying it. Hopefully you are. And it's baseball back on your television. And I hope you're enjoying it. Um, Danny Mac, Schilt uh, sounds odd in his sound bites. Well, the reason is he's wearing a mask. And if you don't know that, he's on a Zoom call with a mask. And it's part of the protocols now. Before, they weren't wearing those masks. Now they're doing everything they can to be as safe as possible, even inside the dugout. You may have noticed during the games over the weekend, if you're not in the game, you're wearing a mask. For the, you know, the players that aren't in the game, the personnel, the medical team, the staff, obviously Mike Schilt, his coaching staff, they're wearing a mask. And that's why... Um, you see that uh, they're they're wearing a mask. Coaching staff, first base coach, third base coach, Mike Maddox, Mike Schilt, they're wearing a mask. And so when they're doing a Zoom call after the game, wearing a mask. And that's why it uh, will occasionally do that. Uh, let's see. Danny Mack, the puck drop. Yawn is really a quarter to ten. Well, sorry, I don't make the rules. Uh, 314, so does Jake start again tonight? That would be the direction I go. That's where I would go. Uh, let's see. Danny Mack, I got a problem with the special teams. I do too. Five on five. I love the Blues right now. But if they're going to win, they got to get better on their special teams. So I'm going Jake Allen. Got to be better on special teams. And I'm wondering about Tarasenko. Got to wonder about where he's at. We'll cross it over. Ribs and BK get into a little bit more of that when we come back on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Let's cross it over with Jamie Rivers. Ribs and BK coming up. We've got Blues Hockey, 8.30 with the pregame tonight, 9.30. They drop the puck. It's getting fun now. Two games to one. The Canucks have the lead. Blues get a big overtime goal, Braden Shen, and they... At least get a game under their belt. And now a lot of intrigue. Jake Allen, where's the power play? Where's the penalty kill? Five on five has been good. Where's Tarasenko? A lot of questions. What do you think of some of those questions? <laughs> well, I think that Craig Berube certainly has his hands full right now. I mean, and it's a quick turnover, right? Because yeah. we're going right back at it tonight. So it doesn't leave you a lot of time as a coaching staff to evaluate who you're going to go with. And the only thing I'd say about Jake Allen is I thought he had a fantastic game. I thought he looked comfortable. He moved the puck so well as a goalie. He played 75 minutes of hockey last night. He had one period in the exhibition game against Chicago, then one game in the round robin. Against Dallas. Against Dallas. I just don't know where the stamina would be there. And I would hate to see Jake take a step backwards, per se, because he's tired. And then, of course, you know, he he does have a lot of critics in the St. Louis area. Would be like, well, you shouldn't have went with Allen. But you know what? That's why Craig Berube, he's got the job as the head coach. He'll communicate with his goalie coach, with Jake Allen, with his other coaches, and they'll evaluate that and, and they'll put in the best lineup. Do you also go back to the fact that Bennington won you a cup? I mean, is that part well, of the two? You have to, right? Yeah. That, like, you have to. It's just like anything else. It's like, if you got a pitcher that maybe is so, 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 but he's the guy who brought you to a World Series or right. won you, you got to have to go back to that and say, this guy's done this before. He knows what it takes, and I think this is where we go. I, I think Bennington, I, didn't, I wasn't that upset with the way he was playing. Some of the goals that went in, 
yeah, he'd like a couple of them back, but some of them were high percentage chances with no chance at all. I mean, how many breakaways did they give up? Bo Horvat sure. was like, he was just passing out autographs as he was skating by right. guys. Well, the last goal was. Yeah, and so, you know, you put that on the goalie. I mean, yeah, you'd like to see him get a save, but I wasn't disappointed in Bennington, and this is where, you know, this is where it's going to be interesting because I do think that the Blues are going to go after Markstrom big time. And he's played a lot of hockey. He's seen a lot of shots lately. And, you know, if the Blues could have a fresh goaltender and maybe some fresh bodies in the lineup, you know, maybe an Ivan Barbashev gets back in there. Maybe a Vladdy Tarasenko's feeling better today. All of a sudden, quickly, Danny can go from being a 2-1 series to 2-2. What do you do with Tarasenko? Well, you got to hope he's a he's, difference maker, man. He's got to start shooting, though, right? Like, he, Vladdy, the biggest thing is this, and I think Chief nails it on the head very well. When Vladdy's feet are moving, he's able to create scoring chances. When Vladdy does not move his feet, it seems like every shot seems to get blocked or deflected or the lanes close up, and he'll wait around hoping for that to open up again, and it doesn't happen. So Vladdy is the, the, the guy here. The key to everything is him moving his feet to change the shot lane and then shooting it. Or power play, shoot the puck. <laughs> Everybody says it anyway, but now I really yeah, mean it. Shoot look, the puck. I get it. Uh, and in watching that game over again last night, uh, some of those lanes are closing up quickly. And I don't if care. you watch the Vancouver Canucks, they're getting, Jamie, I shoot understand. The puck. I'm, a, I'm, I'm understanding you, Dan. However, okay. you also don't want to just create a turnover. And you do have Bo Horvat that does kill penalties for the Vancouver Canucks. I and get he it. did score a shorthanded goal in game one. So we got to be just, we still have to be a little bit aware. Three words, isn't it? Shoot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good. Shoot the puck. Shoot. What do you got coming up, man? We got a big day. Obviously, the Cardinals with lots of baseball, as you yeah. know. We got a lot of young guys making their debut. That was cool. Really, really cool. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk to Jim Sterk today. He's coming oh, awesome. on the show. Yeah. And we're going to have Sweet Lou Korak from NHL.com. He's going to come Lou. on. <laughs> Sweet Lou. Awesome. He's going to join us today. Talk some blues Not Lou hockey. Brock. Not Lou Brock. Sweet Lou Korak. Sweet Lou Korak. Awesome. Looking yep. forward to it. Thanks, buddy. Ribs BK coming up next on 101 ESPN. You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN.